There are so many verses in Scripture that speak of drawing close to God and seeking Him. We could be here all day just covering those. But I think I've chosen another avenue that will take us less time. Unless you all want to call, have lunch delivered. (laughs) Jesus was a man. Can we agree on that? Yeah. He possessed in his person all the same elements as every other man except sin. He was a member of the human race in every aspect but that. In his humanity, Jesus was a man indwelt by the living God. Can we also agree on that? Yeas or nays? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yes, uh, testing. So is my friend Rich Gillis. He's a born-again Christian, a man indwelt by the living God. It is the entering in of the God of creation taking up residence inside a person that brings about the metamorphosis, the changing from one species to a new one, a new creation. That is being born again. John 1.1 brings us another special view of Jesus. The second person of the Trinity is identified here as the Word. God, the Word. In John 1.14, God the Word wrapped himself in human flesh. The human flesh named Jesus. We agreed earlier that Jesus was a man indwelt by God, but he also was and is God wrapped in flesh. Fully God. Fully human. 100% God. 100% man. And he will forever exist in this condition. Though his flesh has undergone a change, in his resurrection, his flesh was glorified and became an, as immortal as his spirit. That will also happen to my friend Rich Gillis at the rapture of the church. Jesus is the first among many brethren, as the scripture says. He is our big brother, but he is different. He is the unique Son of God, like none of us ever will be. He is the only begotten of God by birth. We have been made to be sons and daughters of God by the new birth. We have been adopted into the family of God and grafted into the family of the Jews and accepted in the beloved with the same love of the Father with which he loves his only begotten Son, Jesus, and with which he has eternally loved God the Word. And it is he, the God-man, Jesus Christ, that we come here to meet, to celebrate, and to seek his face, and to seek to know him better, and to serve him more lovingly, and to surrender to him more completely, and to be more like him in every way so as to reveal him to those in our world. 
Is that an accurate description of our motives for being here this morning? Is that why we're here? More specifically, is that why you are here? If it is, then you are on the path to becoming one of Matthew 5H pure in heart. And the true heart of Hebrews 10.22 is within your reach. The same is true for every born-again Christian who is genuinely and diligently seeking God. It can be a rough road sometimes, though, can't it? Anybody here never have a problem since you got saved? Oh, good, no takers. So you don't have all the answers yet, right? I would guess that we don't even know what all the questions are. <laughs> and that's the voice I want you to hear next. You want to come up here? This is my friend Wanda. Wanda Mortimer. She and I have been friends since 1993. I will come right down there as soon as I find one of these doodads at work. I think this is the one Riley was on. That doesn't want me to sing, does it? Stay right here beside I will be right here. If you will receive it. Is it going out? I don't know. Get it close Can to you. Can you hear me? Is it working? Okay. It's a word of the Lord. If you will receive it, or as you receive it, he says, if the Lord God chooses to win the battle by a young boy with a slingshot, when an army with swords will not or cannot overcome the enemy, what are we to do? We are to resist the enemy. So the Lord says, stand up, please, stand up. You all know who the enemy is. It's he who is the liar. So he said, resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're commanding that lying tongues be stopped. We bind it up in the name of Jesus. We taught to go, and he says, use your mouth. Your tongue, your lips, it is the sword of the spirit of the word. Resist the enemy. Speak it forth. Devil, let me hear it. Devil, Devil. stop your lying tongue. Stop your lying tongue. Be gone from this place. Be gone from this place. And leave your kids alone. And leave God's kids alone. So be it. That's what amen means, so be it. In our vernacular, you might say, go God. And following suit, 
with what we've already said, what we just heard. Would you play that MP4 about, that's my king? Some of you may have seen this. I love this thing. And I think you will too, even if you've already seen it. My king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. do something to you? I think I'm just going to sit here for a while and bask in that. That's how I want to know him. I want to know him all those ways. I want to know him all those ways.
I'd like to modify an old saying. I don't know how old it is, probably not as old as me. When the going gets tough, we look to the Savior, we follow the Holy Spirit, and we trust God. Could I have a little heartier amen than that? <laughs> I would suggest that each of us, in order to get there, to where we know him like that. We got some modifications to go through. As my friend, one of my friends in Nashville would say, you gotta fix your stinking thinking. And we're learning to do that, aren't we? Little at a time. Hope we're getting better. You know, of course, I know this is gonna come as a shock to some of you. I'm not perfect. And I'm guessing that you're pretty close to what I am. We gotta help each other get there. We talked about being on the path to having a pure heart, a true heart. On that path, you will experience the reality of eternal life as Jesus identifies it in his prayer of John chapter 17. In John 17, 3, Jesus says, and this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The everlasting life of John 3.16, given to all who believe in the Savior, Jesus Christ, that eternal life isn't just living forever. More importantly, it is knowing God and his son, Jesus, more fully and more clearly throughout all eternity, starting now. Starting now. We can have all of that now. We know that the pure in heart will see God. And we learned that one must energetically pursue God, seek him with our energy as well as our minds. Put some sweat into it. How bad do you want it? Before we bring some other scriptures into play that helps us see some encouragement from Jesus, Wanda talked about a young boy and a slingshot. Now, I don't have a slingshot. I'm still a young boy to God. You can't outrun his love, and you can't outsin his mercy. You can't outsend his forgiveness. So wherever you are in your daily life, in your relationship with Christ, now's the time to straighten out the parts that are crooked. 
You can do it right there in your seat. Do it later when we pray. But I want you to purpose in your heart, that's what you want. You need to make that decision before anything else will work. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, and again in Luke 11, verses 9 and 10, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. But be careful, folks. God is not a cosmic Santa Claus. Guard your hearts against the corruption of greed that tries to disguise itself as faith. Finding God requires seeking him. And it may require that you give up some comforts and conveniences in your life. Can you do that? Will you do that? In James 4, 8, James tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Wanda gave us the first half of that in James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. That's how you do it. You submit yourself to God. That's how you resist the devil. You try it without God, you will be what is known as a spiritual streaker. You will have only the helmet of salvation on. And you will get hurt. Submit yourself to God. When the going gets rough, submit yourself to God. Look to the Savior, follow the Holy Spirit, and trust God. Draw near to God. Get up. Philosophically. Get up off the couch and go after God. Some of us, it's right foot, left foot, right. You're one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, because some things are just difficult for us right now. If things are difficult, hang in there. It's going to change. If things are going good, hang on to your hat. Things change. It, it, God didn't guarantee a smooth road. He just said he'd walk the road with us. Drop everything and go after the heart of God. If that doesn't interest you, you might want to get a little more concerned about your spiritual condition and your eternity. Why? Matthew 19, Mark 10, and Luke 18 all tell the story of a rich young ruler who turned away from following Jesus. He wouldn't give up his money and possessions for Jesus. This story points out that if other things in your life mean more to you than Jesus, you won't follow him. You won't serve him. Because you won't love him enough. Loving God compels you to serve him.
But Jeremiah 29, 13. I know you're all familiar with 29, 11, where God tells us he has good plans for each of us. 29, 13. And the first phrase of verse 14 gives us good news. That gives us wings for our seeking. Here God tells us not only that we can find him, but he even tells us a secret that guarantees us that we will find him. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found of you, says the Lord. He wants you to find him. He longs to be found. He never stops calling us to him. Jesus is our GPS to finding God. Here's my final analysis of my effort to help equip you to do the work of your ministry. Could you put up the uh, awareness list? See if it shows up. Oh, I'll have to read it to you. That's too tiny. Well, maybe not for some of you, but for these eyes, that's tiny. I need letters big enough I can feel them. You are commanded to love the Lord. You, you are now aware of this, the following list. You are commanded to love the Lord with all that is in you. You can't love the God of the Bible if you don't know him. The gift of eternal life enables you to know him. Eternal life comes with being born again. It requires a decision to believe in and follow Christ, repenting of sin. You are commanded to continually seek God with all that is in you, putting some serious effort into seeking him. You are guaranteed by God himself that you will find him when you seek him his way. Serving God is a product of your relationship with him, not the way to a relationship with him. Serving him is not an acceptable substitute for salvation. You won't want to serve the God of the Bible if you don't genuinely love him. You can begin a relationship with him right now through Jesus, his son, and start your marvelous eternal journey of getting close to him and getting to know him, like all that list that we just saw. That is possible. That is available to each of us. Do we want it? Do we want it? Tell him, do you want it? Let him know that several times, every day, that all of that is what you want to experience with him. And you know what? First John has a piece in there that says, if we pray according to the will of the Father, then we know that he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have what we ask. Do you think God wants you to know him? Like that? I think so too. So if you pray that, continually make that a desire of your heart, and keep talking to him about it, he says yes. He says yes to all of that. Now, we're going to get out of here a little earlier today because uh, I just ran out of pages. <laughs> In closing, let me challenge you and then encourage you. The degree of your investment in the seeking is determined by the value you place on the finding. Let me rephrase that. How much work you are willing to put into seeking God depends on how important finding him is to you. If you're not working very hard at seeking God, it's probably because finding him isn't very important to you. But you can change all that. With a new decision, a new mindset, a new value system, a new thrust of your faith, and a new focus of your energy. And you get to decide. And the enemy can't stand in your way. Can not. It's part of what Wanda was telling us. When you are willing to give your all, for the sake of finding that deeper place in God. To know him more intimately. And to see him more clearly. You will find that deeper place. You will know him more intimately. And you will see him more clearly. You will be one of the pure in heart. And your heart will be a pure heart. If you have any prayer needs, if you'd like to, maybe you don't know Jesus, or maybe somebody here who doesn't have that relationship yet. If that's you and you want to change that today, I'll be down front here for a while. We'll pray with you. If you have a prayer need of any kind, my wife and I will be down front. Steve and his wife will be down here also. He's one of the other elders. Don't go out of this place today without touching the hem of his garment for whatever you need. He is readier to help you and to give you all that you need than you are to receive it. Now, you may have noticed that I don't do a lot of loud speaking. Matter of fact, I have put a lot of people asleep. Many people have turned on a recording of me, and they rested very well. <laughs> but God knows how to shout in the way you need to hear shouting. So I expect him to take everything that was said today, turn up the volume, and get your attention. 
if that's what you want. You want that? You're so you're bad as I am. You're soft-spoken. <laughs> so if you don't have any prayer needs, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Just get together out there, encourage each other, talk to somebody you don't know. If you have needs, then come down front. But for all of us, go in God's blessings and be Jesus with skin on. You're just